May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. So today is the fifth Sunday in Advent. We are coming to the end of our Lenten journey that we began together on Ash Wednesday. Next week is Palm Sunday with all its pageantry. We will wave our palm fronds. We'll sing all glory, laud, and honor. We'll witness Jesus' acceptance and adulation by the crowds. Then we'll see his betrayal and his abandonment. And we will leave the church in silence, leading us into Holy Week. But today we are still immersed in our Lenten journey. And on this fifth Sunday in Lent, we have heard another very long gospel lesson from John, rich in detail and rich in complexity. This narrative that foreshadows the events to come. Another death, another enshrouded body, a burial, weeping women, a stone that will be rolled away, death to life. And the gospel today gives us this wonderful moment of Martha's practicality, even in the midst of her pain and her grief, And even though that she believes that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha replies, Lord, there's already a stench because he has been dead four days. Or as in the King James Version of the Bible, my Lord, he stinketh. Preacher and writer Barbara Brown Taylor once wrote, It is not Easter yet, but it won't be long now. The only problem is, is that we have to walk through a graveyard to get there. And those who don't have the stomach for it will stay home from Palm Sunday through Good Friday, showing up just in time for the trumpets on Easter morning. But the rest of us, the rest of us will hang on to each other as we slip past the tombs, telling every resurrection story we know. And so perhaps that's why we hear these readings on this fifth Sunday in Lent. Our lesson from Ezekiel, with its theme of renewal and restoration and resurrection, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And Lazarus, a story that brings us good news and hope, reminding us that God always has the last word. And at times, some of us need that reminder of that good news and hope 
as the refugee crisis, crisis worsens throughout the world with famine, starvation, and the inevitable disease and despair that accompanies these tragedies. Immigrants in this country afraid for their future because of changing laws and enforcement. And the gay, lesbian, and transgender communities facing states and federal governments changing rules and regulations on an ongoing and relentless basis. The so-called bathroom bills, the attempts by politicians to legalize bigotry and ugliness to the other, along with rolling back protection for equality in the workplace and in our communities. Many LGBT young people are still, and this amazes me, they're still disowned by their families for who they are and by their churches. An estimated 5 to 10% of the LGBT youth will attempt suicide this year, with a disproportionate number of them being homeless. It's estimated that 40% of the homeless children, teenagers, are LGBT or questioning. So some of you may know that today is the start of baseball season here in Phoenix. There's also this, there's this little thing with basketball happening And there's also pride. And I want to welcome anybody here who came for any of those events. I'm very glad that you, you came here today. But for us, what I want to talk about today is pride. Because a goodly number of the people in our congregation are there today. They are on the corner They're specifically, they are on the corner of 3rd Street and Indian School. And they are offering affirmation and prayers as requested. But they are there simply as a witness to God's love for everyone. A reminder to all who pass by that the love of God has no limits. As Paul reminds us, I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We as a church, we are called to be there, to be a witness and to be present on the corner of 3rd Street and Indian School. As the former presiding bishop, Edmund Browning, has said, there are no outcasts in the Episcopal Church. And we want that message to be loud and clear to, every, to everyone, to be loud and clear everywhere, and to anyone who will seek to marginalize others, refugees, immigrants, those who are different, a different race, religion, or sexual identity. 
When I think of those out there today uh, as our witnesses of God's love, I am reminded of a story that Whitney Kirby told me, our former associate priest. And as many of you know, she now heads up uh, the chaplaincy program at an Episcopal high school in Austin, Texas. And when she first started, she had to lead chapel every day. And as you can imagine, it wasn't always that easy with a room full of high school students. But early on, she started ending chapel with, go in peace. And remember, Jesus loves you. And it was a simple thing. And for those of you who know Whitney, it's also a very Whitney thing to say. Several weeks after that, one of the teachers came to Whitney to tell her about one of the students. A young man who came to her classroom and began to cry. And he told the teacher that it was the first time that anyone had ever said he was loved, completely loved, without any conditions attached. Jesus raises Lazarus, his friend, the one whom he loved, from the dead, calling out, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, and Jesus said, Unbind him and let him go. Let him go. Not to go back to his old life, but go to a new life, one of resurrection and one of hope. And the gospel message is clear then and now. To follow Jesus, we are called to live, we are called to love to become new again, and to live our lives fully and completely. This gospel lesson is a story that reminds us that Jesus has the power to turn our lives upside down and inside out. This story of Lazarus, it serves as a reminder that Jesus is calling us out from whatever dark tomb we have hidden ourselves in, whatever dark place we have immersed ourselves in, calling us back to God from our old ways of thinking and living to come out from our comfort zones, from behind our closed doors, from behind our high walls and our locked gates, from our fears, from our apathy, from our wounds from the past, from sin. Jesus calls for Lazarus to come out, but he turns to those by the tomb, those that are grieving and weeping, and says, unbind him and let him go. Lazarus cannot be free until he is unbound with the help of others. And that is still the call for us today as a community, 
lifting each other up in fellowship, prayer, and worship. We are called to go into the world to give the gift of life and of love, to unbind those who are hurting or in pain or hungry or are prisoners, the sick, the oppressed, those who are marginalized or lost or alone. And that is why the members of this community, this church, are on 3rd Street and Indian School today. They are there as witnesses of God's great gift of his life-giving love with absolutely no strings attached. It is who we are as followers of Jesus And it is what we are called to do. So the good news for us today is that this story is not just a miracle story from a long, long time ago, from a land far, far away. It's still the work of Jesus today, calling us out into a new life. Jesus called to Lazarus, as he is calling out to us today, Jesus weeps for us, and he loves us, and he calls to us from whatever dark places we find ourselves in. We are brought out of our tombs, and we're set free to a new life. Again, and again, and again. Jesus is calling out, Lazarus, Lazarus, calling to the one whom he loves. But he's calling to us also, his beloved children. He is calling us by our names, your name and my name. I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. Mortal, can these bones live? Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, they can. So come out, come out and live. Amen.